0: Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello, and you are welcome to a special edition of Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here on Joe and Together with Guinness. You're joining myself, Pat McCarry, here for an interview with Leinster and Ireland International, Linda Zhugang. Linda, thanks for joining us today. And uh, how are things?
1: Hi, Pat, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm very good, yeah. I'm um, excited um, talking to you today. Uh, how are you?
0: Good good thanks yeah and um, th- delighted as well to have you on as well because um got to remember I think it was maybe in the middle of March or the start of March I read a great piece with you yourself you did with Ryan Bailey and um for Irish rugby and um yeah just it was just a really great piece about your kind of work in Tallaght Hospital and uh, during the kind of COVID-19 pandemic and then um yeah in the last week or so you did another great piece for Leinster Rugby there writing about your experience coming to Ireland as a a nine-year-old from Cameroon and and just your experiences maybe with racism in Ireland and, and how you feel like Ireland is, you know, your home now as well. So just so much actually we can get through today. So um, I'm looking forward to having the chat as well. So, um yeah, just, just for yourself, like I'd like to take you all the way back to maybe growing up in, in Cameroon as well. Whereabouts are you from Cameroon?
1: Um, well, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I'm from Douala in Cameroon. So it's like the, not the the largest city in Cameroon is the second largest city, so I grew up there before I moved here in Ireland uh, with my dad
0: and and what was life like there like um you, you had a good um piece when you were writing about it about how your neighbors everything would be so friendly, and you' would just pop over and see everybody you know what was life like Can you have any early memories of when you're growing up there?
1: yeah, plenty of memories I think um life was really fun, I think at that age um nothing really is um, complicated. (laughs) Um, But like we have our own chores that we do. Um, But it was really, it was just a a family like environment um, where you play, you wake up, you do your chores, um, you go to school together, you play together. Uh, You don't really think much of it because you have an experience, a different thing, uh, a different life. Um, so it was more um, just having fun. Nothing was really, even the tour that we did, every case did it. You don't, you don't look deeper into the picture. Um, it's until you change uh, environment, you change countries where the culture kind of changes uh, and you have to adjust to it. Um, and I think um, at that age, as a little, As a nine-year-old, is it was kind of it was difficult to adjust to something that you haven't really known. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was it was difficult. But I uh, it was good at the same time. It definitely um, gave me a new perspective of life. Um, I have to grow up very quickly, uh, and I had to learn new habits and new uh, take new opportunities um and learning new language was a big thing for me <laughs> it was learning a new language uh well, now i look at myself age of 24 i am so proud i'm so proud of myself every single day And uh, i'm so proud of the opportunity that I was able that ireland offered to me and i'm so proud of the woman that i am today so it worked out well
0: Brilliant <laughs> stuff and and yeah, like at the age of nine then, how did it work out? Because your dad was here in Ireland at this stage. But then did you have to leave your mum your, your behind back in Cameroon then? And, and what's her yeah. name? And what was she liking you when you were growing up?
1: Oh, mum mom was, uh, she was amazing. Um, she's your, your, the first person you look up to and you always will look up to. Um, me growing up, my mum, it was, there was nobody else there. Uh, we did everything together. Uh, she was just kind of like, she, she was really, I think that's where I got my sport um, uh, personality from because mom was really into sports. She was really into fitness. Uh, and I remember um, every Saturday, they have like a, a mom football club. So we would go, mom all the moms um, at home, uh, neighbors, everybody's mom would play football. And all the kids would be like, the water would be, every break would be running on the pitch with the water. And my mom always used to and everyone would be like, oh, your mom is so cool. I'd be like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And she really encouraged me. And I always grew up knowing, like, I want to be like my mom. I want to be like her. So I was lucky enough to grow up and having her um, as a, she was like my hero. Uh, I wanted to be like her. I never really saw um other obstacle that she had to face for me to to get here. Or oh, she was trying to raise me the best way she could as a mom. Uh, but for me, she was the the ideal role model. And uh, and literally that since that day, um my passion for sport just kept going i was like i want to play football i want to play tennis anything sportive i just wanted to play um and i think that was that really is sport has made me the the woman that i am today because without it i don't think i don't know what i would do
0: yeah and then like was it that decision to make you come over here was it like a kind of thing where your mom thought like you might be able to make a better life for yourself in in ireland yeah
1: yeah, uh, my dad was here. My dad lived here for ages, and um, um, so when my mom just definitely thought that I had a better opportunity uh, here in Ireland, um, and my dad was already, already here, so I flew by myself uh, at that age of nine, um, and I didn't really know where was Ireland. I think I was just on the plane. I was just getting from plane to plane. Uh, oh, I think I had like a a, a head um. Who was I didn't have anyone with me, but I was I know, I was like look after. Um, but yeah, it was it was scary flying by yourself, but at that age, you you don't really uh, ask questions. Uh you just like you know, just you were just touching to me, you're going to see your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I was I didn't really question it until I got here. Um, and then I started to be like, okay, um. I need, I need to go back home because I thought I was only here for a holiday. <laughs> and then after I was like, I need to go home.
0: And, and then what was it when eventually, like, yeah, you had to get over the fact that um, here you were, you were living here in Ireland as well. That, yeah. How long did it take before you went to school and were set up in all that system? Where, whereabouts did you go to school?
1: Uh, I went to school in um, Russian Lost Educate Together National School. Um, so we lived in Lost. When I moved, when I came here at the age of now, my dad was living in Lusk uh, village um, in the North Dublin. Um, so we lived there, my entire primary school, because uh, the, the school was very close to the house. Um, and I moved here on the 15th of August. I still remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then because straight after it was a few weeks until school started. Um so my I had to register into the school uh, and I had step brothers and sisters, so they were starting school too um so i wasn't I wasn't alone in that aspect but it was very different it was even the whole the school was very small to the school that I was attending in uh, Cameroon it was in Cameroon it was so much bigger um but it was definitely a you have to, we're definitely different. And you just quickly, as a child, you just you just go on with the flow, with everything. You just, you don't really ask questions until you get to the school and then you start doing the work and you notice you can't speak the language. Because uh, I didn't even, because I was always at home with my family and we, we always spoke French. Uh, I didn't really think, I didn't think too much into English until you you're left in school, uh, and, and no one speak French, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to learn you. But I was I was very lucky that the school was very um, supportive. I had an English teacher that was there to help me with my English, and she. I'm still in contact to this day, so uh, she she did an amazing job.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. And then, like yeah, like your your first impressions of like um, your new classmates, your first impressions of Ireland's like for for the first few months, were you just still thinking, I'll, I'll head home. When am I going to head home? Like, what are what's my life here like? Um, can you still remember back to that time?
1: Yeah, I still remember after two weeks uh, when September I came because I knew we. We started school in September. So I remember um, sitting down with my dad and I was telling him like, I have my, my suitcase packed up and everything. And <laughs> I went downstairs with like my suitcase. He's like, okay, dad, uh, my holiday is over now. <laughs> and I want to go home. Uh, Cause it was very really different. Cause um, we we didn't go outside. We were always inside the house. And that was a big thing for me because back home, we we never stay inside the house. Um, I was always I was always like, Dad, can we go outside to play with the neighbor? Can we go outside to just play? Uh, he was like, no, nope, you can't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> so after two weeks, I think I had enough. I was like, OK, Dad, I have the suitcase packed up. Uh, I need to go back home because I need to start school. And he was like, no, you're staying here. Uh, that it took a lot for me um, to accept that I was staying here for this long. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you were saying, like, in that I was saying that you did like that great piece and for the Leinster Rugby website, and and just talking about maybe little things that um, kids might not have known what they're doing is a bit cruel, but you know, like, it, like in a way, it's like they would kind of put you out or kind of say something like, because you're black, you can't do this as well, and. Uh, you know was that constant or was that just every now and then it would come and kind of creep back into your life and kind of would have got to you at certain stages as well
1: yeah like when we get back home uh, from school and everything like that we definitely uh, had a conversation uh, with our parents um, my dad and my step like okay you know you're different and everything they would tell us like you are going to get this uh, you're going to get called names like uh, you just you can't do anything you you can't fight or it was really strict and my parents were very strict in that uh, you can't respond in any uh harsh way or anything like that um you had to tell the teacher or so I kind of learned to really just like okay just take and stone where we never hurt you know um but at that Well, that's when you're little. It's when you kind of grow up, you know about it that you're like, this is not okay. You know, my first encounter was in primary school when I was playing football uh, with the guys, and I was told that, you know, Linda, um, white people, black people don't play with white balls. Um, So I was kind of, for me, it was kind of more, I didn't, I was like, okay, you know, it it hurts you and you pull back by it. And you you just remember what your parents had told you uh what you've been taught um and just not say anything or not fight back uh I remember just like leaving that day um uh, I didn't want to play anymore uh I didn't really understand, and I went back home and I told my dad and my mom um and they kind of like sat me down and they talked about it. they like you know uh. People don't understand what they say. Um, and sometimes when people are angry, that's what they they look, the first thing they look at is the different difference. That, uh, they don't look at what's really, if it's going to hurt. They know where it's going to hurt you. Um, so they were just like, you don't pay attention to it. And they kind of brought it up in the schools and the principal was able to deal with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then like for yourself, it's like, and um, over the years, like, you know, as you said, maybe at your moment, kind of uh, this passion in sports, you kind of infused in you as well. And um, But was am I right in saying that it wasn't until maybe you got finished school and started in Trinity College that you started playing rugby? Is that how it worked?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Uh, when uh, I was in prim, uh, primary school, we did a DAA, uh like a PE class, which was my favourite. <laughs> I, I, I love Friday. <laughs> Uh, we played a lot of GAA um, and then I did some volleyball and the school got, um, I took part in the athletics and after that, I went to secondary school and then I set up uh, the athletic club there because they didn't have one. So um, i started playing shot put, which I discovered is really good at shot put. Uh, and then I, I ran 100 meter, 400 relays, just Whatever well, every case we really do <laughs> just trying to get to just do sports i always loved it and i was lucky enough to 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 be a member of the rush athletic club in losk so that's really where my passion for shop pocket came along and then i stopped when the leaving started started because my dad and i wanted to focus on my leaving cert um and didn't want any distraction which was probably not a great idea because I wasn't it was some I felt like something was taken away from me. I was like a need sport. And that's when, when I went into um, Trinity into college and I discovered rugby, I was just like this is perfect. I didn't know about it. I had to Google it. I didn't really understand it. Um the whole pass the ball backwards. I was like, This is not right. <laughs> But the minute I, I started playing it, I just really loved the sport.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and was this, um, you know, because you're, you're a tight head now, like for Leinster, Ireland. But did you always, yeah. were you playing back row or anywhere else? Like, did you did you, just, yeah.
1: did you I, I didn't start uh, as a tight head or loose head. I was not in the, the front row at all. And I never really thought about it. Until I my first club was with Wanderers Women's Rugby in Marion Road uh, in Ballsbridge there. Um, it was more back row. I was more of a back row, and I played with Wanderers for a season, and then I went into the Lancet trial, and I was still back row, um, and I was there since my four four years now, and then it was um, two years when before I went into Ireland. Um, I got a call from the head coach Adam, and he really saw me as a prop. As a, he saw I had more opportunity, and I was I was I always like to be challenged. And mm-hmm. So I took it on uh, and I worked as hard as I could, and I still continue to do so. And still learning every single day. So I'm kind of, I I feel like it's my position, and I'm trying to be the best player as I can be in that position. Really
0: and then yeah like because the like you were saying um you know along the way about kind of having to coach trinity and then even the whole thing about picking up english as well i was actually interested to know if um was it ever or did you ever have to learn irish along the way as well did you have to kind of sit in for those classes yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i didn't have to do irish because i was already learning english but mm. i i love irish um because at first, when I started, I didn't learn Irish in primary school because I was so focused on learning, just getting, understanding and writing English and speaking the language. That in when I started secondary school, um, I didn't, I, I didn't have they didn't want me to take English, uh, Irish, but I, I just I was sitting um, behind uh, in the cl- Irish classes because I couldn't take part. And I just loved it. And I was just like, this language is so beautiful. Uh, and I took part. And I remember the teacher would always tell me to do my homework or do something else in the Irish class. But I remember just starting taking part in the class. And she just let me. And I I just took on Irish. And then I, I did my living junior third, living third Irish, which I didn't even have to. But yeah. I was just like, why no." You know, I love the, uh, the language and I always wanted to speak it. So I, I loved it. And I see now I have a few words, which I'm so proud of. And I wish that it's something that we see speak, um, not something that you just learn in school and you don't really um, speak it. But I would love if we just speak Irish. It's such a beautiful language. Um, such a beautiful language.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and how did you get on the Leaving Cert? Because when I did Irish, I, I was doing honours all the way up and then I bottled it at the end and switched down to pass. But <laughs> how did yeah,
1: you yeah, I did honour Irish for my junior cert and I did honour Irish for my Leaving Cert too. Uh oh, cool. I, Yeah, it's on to the, the last where I had to do the the oral that I was finding challenging. So I went origin level in the last minute but I, I did honors the entire way, which mm. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really, I was like, oh God. <laughs> I don't
0: know how you felt, yeah, I know how you felt.
1: Yeah, but I, I really took that. I was like, you know what, might as well until uh the last minute when you get so much pressure and you're trying to, to really focus on a subject that you feel like you you could really get your points and everything. But I did honor Irish for for my junior and going to my leaving So, Yeah, <laughs> wow.
0: and then like the whole thing was like when you went to Trinity was the idea to, that you wanted to get into nursing. Was that the, the whole ambition when you went there? Like, and is that what you were studying in Trinity as well?
1: Um, no, I when I started, I always being told in secondary school my guardian counselor was always like, "You're gonna be a great nurse." I was very caring, very kind, and very just nurtured you know, as a person. Um, so I remember from my graduation, I got a fob watch from the school. Um, and I remember I'd be like, what is this? Uh, What's the other half of it? <laughs> um, but it was always something I felt like people saw me as just that caring kind of, um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do after my leaving, sir. Uh, So when I went into Trinity, I took a year off college. I didn't go straight into uh, college. I did the Trinity Access program, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. It kind of gave me the opportunity to get the college experience first and to really see what I want to do. Uh, So it was just that year to to just establish myself uh, and to shadow nursing students and see what I want to do. Um, which I am so so happy I did that, uh, and I got accepted into that course to do that. And then from there on, I went into I chose to do nursing. Uh, I felt like it just suits me. Um, well, I didn't I didn't play rugby then because now that I play rugby, I'm surrounded with uh, like physio and the, um, just the sport aspect of everything. I'm like, oh, I want to do something in sports. <laughs> But it's my final year of nursing, uh, I'm doing my placement, I'm nearly finishing my placement, so maybe uh, I might go into a sports move after, so I'm Good. really excited.
0: Good stuff, and then yeah, like the, you know, like it's been a crazy few months or four, three or four months for everybody, but like for you, you guys were in the middle of, um, you know, the Six Nations when everything kind of came to a halt, yeah. and looking forward to playing Italy. And then, you know, within a couple of weeks after that, you're you know in Tala hospital at the height of it. And, um, you know, can you think back to what it was like at the time or was everything a bit of a whirlwind?
1: Yeah, I was the sixth nation. It was amazing. We were, we were really finally getting ourselves yeah, back out there. And it, it was incredible. We were performing so great. Um, the atmosphere was amazing. The support was incredible. And as a team, we just we just blended, we were just playing out there. Just, we spent so many days and hours training in the gym, uh, just bonding as a team. Uh, we were finally just really exciting uh, to play three games at home and travel. There were the two games, England and France. Um, and we were just doing really, really well. And obviously, I was still working. I was still. I started my internship in January, so I was still doing uh, my internship, and then one of my day, I would be training. So I was trying to do both things, uh, which was great. Uh, I, I was able to manage it, and um, the management team, the coaching, and everything were able to support me in that. Um, trying to just really look after me, that I'm not overworked in hospital and at training, and it was just an amazing. We were really. Um, on our best really. I get it was just so exciting. It was the buzz around the whole training and everything, the management, the team, it was incredible. But obviously the COVID happened and it kind of everything were really unsure and then everything just stopped. <laughs> but um, and then I was back into nursing, just nursing and um, and obviously, we had our program, our gym program, and everything we have to do. But it was really thrown into a COVID. Um, which you, you as a as a nurse, um, as a nurse, you spend your four years being prepared for this, so you feel like you, you don't really have a a choice. Really, you have to go and and be a nurse, really and I was able to do that, which I'm so proud of myself. That uh, now we're slowly getting better uh, as a country, and we're able to open things again. Which back then it didn't seem like we will be <laughs> at this stage, or we should be really not even ourselves. Which uh, everybody should be really uh, be proud because we it was a teamwork. We we had to work as a nation, we had to work as a country, and everyone had to play their part and as this is the result that we're able to open things again and able to really get back uh, slowly get back to normal
0: and, and yeah like you were um like at the time like you know there was i think there's a line for even you, you said like you're scared for the patients you're scared for yourself you know at the time and um, i think you were chatting to ryan and rory o'connor about it but back in march like, but you know there was it back in march and april the you know the numbers were going up and you guys yeah. would never but you know, unfortunately for you, like being in Tala Hospital would have been busy enough, and you, like you lost some patients that you would have been kind of helping out and, and dealing with.
1: Yeah, I think you're really just into that whole environment, and when you're there, you, you're 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 fully there, uh, and you can't be ninety percent; you're hundred percent there, uh, and you were with patients. You you saw a lot, and I think everyone that worked in this. Uh, covid and this time difficult time uh saw a lot of things happening especially in the hospital um but at the same time it's we're lucky enough that we had the support there and we able to talk about it but it was not easy it was definitely not easy um the things that you we had to experience as nurses as students uh it was def- definitely not something that um we 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 were prepared for (laughs) going Mm -hmm. um but we kind of ended we we just really um worked together um everyone had to work even you were seeing doctors that were retired nurses we all had to come back we all had to perform our fullest we all had a job to do so we we have to yeah
0: And and like, you know, one of the toughest things for people, because I remember chatting to, or we spoke to Claire McLaughlin, who was working up in Belfast. And and she was saying one of the toughest things was that folks were having to go in and just be left, you know, and if they had it, like family members come come in with them as well. Like, so would you have had kind of lots of time that you would have spent with those patients because they're all in there on their own and frightened as well? Like lots of time where you would have maybe had to, you know, you're the only one that they can talk to as well.
1: Yeah, I think it was really difficult uh, for patients, especially um, not be, having families there, not having their, their relative there, because we had to act as a relative too. And at the same time, bringing the, bring the family. So phone became so important, being able for family to connect, with like iPad, to Zooms and videos and for the video calls. It was so important. For all of us, really, because there's some nurses and staff that couldn't go back home to their family because they were working in a COVID positive ward, in a COVID ward, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, everybody had to adjust. Everybody had to to change, but it was very difficult for patients, very difficult for for people that have families and children and um, grandparents, and everybody had to really adjust to everything and it wasn't easy and it's still not easy because this whole thing is not over yet. Um, we It's still not easy but patients especially found it it was very hard and it's still very hard in them and their families too.
0: Yeah, I, I remember chatting to like a few folks from Tal Hospital um, there's a, a nurse called Sinead Cleary was there and I think Joyce Carney was like a radiographer the guy who works in the door Brock Delaney was one of the porters, and just chatting to them and it's like Every one of them kind of had the thing that they all would have said, you know, in a different way, but they all came back to the same point. It's just like, this is where we want to be. Like, you know, there's yeah. no place we'd rather be. It, it, it's a kind of, I don't know, for someone like me, I'm glad there's people out there doing it, but I don't think I'd be on the front line. <laughs> so, um, you know, what is it like for, for on a day to day basis when you're working there and everybody trying to keep each other's spirits up and support each other as well?
1: Yeah, we definitely had to support each other because it's really all we had. We really had to be there for each other. But when you're in that position, you don't think of other things because you've never been in a other position. I think you're thinking this is not for me because you've never been in the front line before. But like when um, your country is calling you and you have the you're you front line worker, you don't think twice about it. You know. Um, you, it's just something that you always done. It's something that you 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 know is right, you know. And and I, you will see a lot of people, even come, that have retired, and they're coming back because they know what it's like. They know what is needed of them. And even as, as a student, you still know what is needed of you. You need to step up your work, and you just need to be there and do what you do and do it the best of your ability. Uh, I think we were all able to do that. And that as a result, um, everything is going to be, we, now we're seeing the result of all the hard work. Now we're seeing the results of even the people that weren't frontline worker. they were still playing a part. People were staying at home. People were listening to what needed to be done. And we all needed to play a part. We all played a part. Oh, you frontline worker or not. You were playing a role. Everyone had a job. Everyone had a something to do. So it's not even us now. We really, because we needed you guys to to do what we were telling you to do: stay at home and wash your hands. And as now, you know, now you feel like it was it was everybody was working together. It, it wasn't one person doing one thing. Um, so now I'm so happy because things are slowly opening back again, and people are still listening, still listening to what we that need what was told to listen to. So um, I, I'm, I'm very proud that we're at this stage where in March, I didn't think it was possible. I don't think anyone, when we saw the number rising, I don't think anyone thought we were able to get at this stage now. Um, I think everyone was just like, now just, just wait for like January, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this whole year is over. Yeah. But no, the fact that we were able to stay positive, able to listen to what was going on, and able to support each other too because a lot it was it's not it wasn't easy on a lot of people um uh, that was isolating like cocooning the elderly and everything so the the fact that they had support like uh people bringing their food and you just saw a different aspect too. To, to the environment that as a nation we're able to support each other. And that is always so special to see that everyone is out there looking after each other. And um, it, it was definitely, it's definitely, it's so special to see that. But oh, this whole COVID shouldn't have happened for it to be, for everyone to support, everyone always needs to support each other. Um, but especially with this COVID, it's, it's special to see that everyone's kind of looking after everyone else. It's, it's very special and we should be very proud and,
0: and that's it yeah like it's like um yeah just to see the type of stuff and the people that are out volunteering as well and, and you know all the people that are out fundraising as well it's like and it's great to see you know when the, the numbers come in that they're dipping as well like so for you guys you almost yeah. felt like you know it's great everything is kind of coming together a little bit here and now as well it's, um but you know it, the funny thing is like that like you know, you can see different countries now are still having their issues as well, but like, you know, the likes of America is having it as well. And, mm. and then I was just kind of thinking for someone uh, like like yourself who's kind of working so hard as well, the, the whole kind of issue with what happened with George Floyd over, you know, in America as well and his death, you know, like that must have, would that have hit you hard at the time? Like i see all those scenes of, you know, um, the, the Black Lives Matter marches and the scenes of the clashes with the police. Was that... Something that's hard for you to take as well at, at, at this moment. You know, we see people coming together and then this division, you know, as well.
1: Yeah, I think uh Gerald Floyd dead hate everybody. Um, mm. black on white, it hates everyone. and uh, it's unfortunate that someone else's life had to be take he had to be taken away again, another black person. Do you know it kind of is like it's not he's not the first um And it's unfortunate that it has to, someone has to take their life for everyone to, and it has to be seen because usually if it's not seen, it's like, it's never happened. And the fact that it was recorded is where everyone kind of like, oh, this is happening. Uh, It shouldn't have in in this 2020, we should have really been having this conversation. And it's unfortunate that we're still having this conversation about race and uh, diversity. but it did hit me really hard. And so it's it's such very hard. And people have made it such a very hard topic to talk about, which it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be racism, talking about race. Uh, that topic shouldn't be hard for people to talk about. Um, and I think it's just really, um, it really hit home uh, because of, of how it happened. You know, um, obviously America is different. but. Other counter experiencing the same thing is just not being highlighted uh, in the news, or it's not being filmed. But it's all over the world, and um, things it just need to change. You know, uh, we're all the same. We, everybody, everyone is all the same. We all should be treated equally. Um, the only thing that is different between you and I is my color, is my the melanin, the melanin in my body. Uh, that's the only thing different. But we all be the same. We're all we're all born the same, we're all equal, uh, and people need to understand that that spray really shouldn't put it different into you. We shouldn't judge someone because of the color of their skin or where they come from or the culture because we all have it, we all have a culture, we all come from a background, and um, that shouldn't limit our ability in this world. Uh, and it's something that it just, and especially I was thinking with this whole lockdown and family together. It's such a great opportunity for family to have that discussion um, and talk about it, especially in the lockdown, um, uh, about race, about this topic, because it needs to be spoken about. It needs to be highlighted that we it's not it's not something that we should be ashamed of talking. Uh, the more we talk about it, the more comfortable we're able to, to make a change to change. Um, and it's important that um, we highlight it and we keep talking about it um because uh, I know it's like hashtag black like matter and that hashtag is gonna go if you don't talk about it um, and something else is gonna come into a topic and people are totally gonna forget about this this matter which is a big is a big subject is a big thing um and and change need to, to happen um it and children shouldn't be scared um, to express themselves to, and it's, it's unfortunate. I know this is not America, but it's Europe. It's it's happening everywhere. It's happening in England, UK, everywhere really worldwide. And that's unfortunate, you know, um, that somebody life needs to be taken for people to realize that there's a bigger issue there, more bigger even than ourselves. Um, I think it's it's time that things change for the next generation and it needs to change now.
0: And, and have you, like As I saw there was a photo series that you did with uh, Ramsey Carradine for Sports File and taking photos of, of yourselves and, and Rihanna Jarrett and, and the likes as well. And, and, you know, and you've written about it as well. Is it something that you'd happily kind of be at the front of and kind of getting your voice out there a bit more and and, and talking to people about it more? And, and as you said, keeping that conversation going.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's now, is the opportunity to talk about it because now since George Floyd's death, a lot of people haven't really had the confidence of being so scared uh, to talk about racism Um, and I think now you see a lot of people are coming out now and talking about their experience Uh, and even I I have the amazing opportunity to have a platform to talk about it because we all have experiences in our daily life Uh, your experiences um, but I, I think I still believe that even with a platform or without a platform, it's important for for people, especially kids growing up, to be able to be educated about it, not to learn, to to grow up before learning about different races, or uh, learning about their friend, or because you're not born racist; it's something that you pick up. Uh, and if we're not teaching young kids growing up about it, they will never understand other. Because Ireland is a di- is a diversity country. There's so many black people, Asian, uh, so many. So it's important to know for kids, the next generation, to know that we live in a di- in a country that is diverse and accepted of their race, their culture, and um, and that we definitely as a country we should be very proud of it. That's definitely how I feel like, and am being lucky enough to have this platform to talk about it and
0: it's important for me to talk about it good yeah and that's you, you spoke about the 15th of august and i think isn't it this august 15th is only going to be 15 years that you're here in ireland and and just the, the type of stuff that you've you know you've done and you've achieved in those 15 years that are in ireland is incredible and you, you. about the idea of um you know singing that that irish anthem down as well and and um, how proud that must have made you feel, you know, like um, can you still think back to those, you know, that first Ireland game and, and what it felt like to kind of put on that green jersey?
1: Oh my god, yes, definitely. So was, even when I talk about it, I think it goes pump because I have watched a lot of uh, Ireland games. And as a kid, um I would, he always dream of just singing that national anthem. And I remember I'd be singing it in my room and I remember even before that my first stop, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I, I couldn't believe it was happening to me. Um, but it's always been. It's not even been my dream. It's been a dream of my parents. It's been a dream of my my, my grandmother. Is the generation of dream that I'm looking enough to make it happen. And um, it's and um, to make it happen in the country that I grew up. And I feel like I've been accepted. Um, and to sing it out loud, I couldn't be prouder. And it's something that. My kids, where it's a legacy that will just keep going, and I'm really proud of myself. And it's something. And my journey in rugby is only beginning, and I can't wait for it to to really continue. Really, I'm I'm really excited. And other kids too. I'm I'm pretty sure there's other talented there, kids out there, and the fact that I'm able to represent them and show that this is the, this is possible for them too, and for me that's the best thing I can do and allow Katie to see my platform and be able to, to even do better than I do.
0: And does, um, so even having a look when I was reading a little bit about you as well, like just the the similarities with, uh, have you heard of the the UFC fighter, Francis Ngannou? Yeah. Did you know much about his story?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Like a guy who kind of went and, um, was, you know, living in car parks in France and, and then got in, involved with the MMAC in there and is now, you know, a, a superstar worldwide as well. Like, so, um, I was kind of wondering in a way, like, you know, he's he'd be kind of famous now back in Cameroon. Would there have be been people in Cameroon getting in touch with you when you played for Ireland? And...
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think everyone kind of really had their own story. And we really, I think, is something that even make us... Uh, Really, the fact that his story, what he has to go through to be who who he is now, has shaped it into the, the 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 man that he is. And to be honest, it's just those experiences just bring a different aspect of you. And my experience, bringing aspect, it make me unique, and and that's important to me because that's who I intend to find myself as. You know. Um, But yeah, back home is a big thing. You get people calling and everything, and it's always been a a dream of mine to even go back home and get use my rugby and introduce rugby back home because it's not as popular as football or boxing and anything like that. And you, I have a lot of kids trying to talk to me about the role rugby, my journey, and I'm trying to explain to them, but. What I can do for them is to bring rugby back home, and some that's it. That's a project on mine for the future. So quite excited.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Linda, like we're coming up again close to this August fifteenth date that's kind of seared in your brain when you first arrived over in Ireland as a nine-year-old. And um, but just just for yourself, like uh, you know all the stuff you've achieved in the last fifteen years, um, are you kind of excited about you know getting home to Cameroon as you mentioned as well? But have you have you ever had a chance to get home during these last fifteen years?
1: No, I haven't really had the opportunity to go home uh, myself. Um, I'm, really, I'm really excited because uh, I really want to go home soon, uh, especially when I graduate, to just go back home and show mom what I have achieved um, and just really connect back uh, with my family, uh, my grandparents, uh, my cousins, uh, then my neighbours, and just really connect back with the community and to really go back to the place where everything kind of started for me. Um, And I'm really looking forward to really get back. My mom is dying for an Irish jersey, Um, (laughs) an Irish and Leicester jersey. Um, So I'm really looking forward for her to really um, be part of that journey. And she's always been part of my journey. I always, even though she's far away, I know she's always there with me. Uh, But it's really, it'd be really special to, to show her the journey uh, in person and show her my first cap and my Leinster cap, my Ireland cap, the jersey, the photos, what I really, what I I have achieved, really, which I'm super proud of. And even for the kids, my neighbour, my cousin, um, to really show them what anything is possible, uh, to really show them what I have achieved, what I have been through to achieve it and also to set to, make sure that they have a dream of their own and that dream is can come true and to really give them hope um, and help them achieve those dreams. Um, Because I didn't I didn't think I would be in this position uh, when I was probably their age. So I and I was I'm really lucky and I want to 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 use that and to really help them achieve those dreams and to really set them because I'm they have they they're more talented than I am and I want to show them that they, there's there's a route for them. They we are here to support and to to really just be there. And I think it's important that when a child or anyone is really passionate about what you do, that you show them the route. You show them um, the support. Uh, a pathway, or you, know, you even listen to them, I think it's very important to anybody, uh, and I think um, I'm really excited to really um, bring rugby back home, because I, I think there's so much talent and potential that uh, I'm so excited for kids to just really have fun with it, and to discover something that they, they have talent for, um, and I'm just really excited to just really share my journey back home, and for them to be part of my journey because um, I know it's me, but this is bigger than myself. It's bigger. Uh, there's a whole country behind me. There's a whole community. I'm and, and just not me. I am from a generation that, that has been cheering me on since the day I was born. So it's been really good to just go back at home and and just bring back what I have achieved, what they have they have prayed and 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 every day hope for that um for me um it's, it'd be good it, i'm just so excited and uh, and i hope that um everything kind of settled down with the whole covid and we're able to just have everything back into <laughs> functioning again but i i'm so excited and i'm i am no back home even with francis that he he has what he has achieved is incredible especially with coming from his story. And I think that just defined him as who he is now and who what he's gonna do in the future. And so is my story. I think everybody's story is just different. Everybody uh, is so unique and that is so special in sports and in sports and in general, it's so unique to just be, it's so special to just be unique and share your own story because that just defined who we are as a person. Um, and every kid needs to hear that they're so that their their story is so unique, and they they just need to be like me, just be supported, be listened, and be given opportunity to shine because they are the future. The ne- they are the next generation.
0: Well, brilliant. That's Linda. As I was saying, like you know, you've achieved so much in, in in your your time here in Ireland as well. And I think the beautiful thing is that you know you have just just turned twenty four. You've got you know eight Ireland caps, so I'm sure you'll have plenty more of them. And Plenty more for Leinster to come. So so thanks for joining us on, on House of Rugby here with Guinness. And and what we often do is uh what Baz and Andrew often do is think about a penguin of the week. And you know, hearing about your um, you know, your mom. I was gonna say, what's your mum's name? And, and we'll we'll award her Penguin of the Week.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Uh, my mom's name is Julianne Cooper uh, so she be she be so oh I can't wait to call her. and let her know. <laughs> oh she'd be so 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 happy and thank you so much for giving me this for having talking to me letting me share my story um and just for having me really and thank you so much
0: okay brilliant Linda. you were listening to baz and andrew's house of rugby on joe together with guinness drink responsibly visit drinkaware.ie for the facts